Bonjour et bienvenue dans un autre épisode de No Highway Options, le podcast cinéma où nous répondons à cette question qui s'applique à chaque film. Est-il est milieu ou pire que le chef d'œuvre séminal de Vin Diesel, The Pacifier? Je suis Canadien Burke, l'un de vos autres, et si je devais faire quelque chose de gentil pour un aveugle, je lui décris à It's a small world. Uh, that last part was I'm Connor J. Burke, I'm one of your hosts, and if I had to do a good deed for a blind man, I would describe to him what a small world looks like. What it's a small world looks like. Because, I mean, you know, you'd just be sitting there, he'd have a gentle bow ride, and you'd be like, alright, now you know what a hippo looks like? This one's pink and it's blinking at you. There's also like 40 children with dead eyes doing little shakes. Nice. I'm uh, your other host, Luke. The only French I know is Je m'appelle George Clooney. Not even omelette du fromage? No, well, I guess that now, yeah. <laughs> um, if I had to do a good deed for a blind man, I would buy him a ham sandwich. All right. And we have a special guest joining us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is uh, Brandon Tanzak. Now, if I had to do a good deed for a blind guy, I'd help him pick out porno. <laughs> I, you know, you, if, you never know what they would if, get. Yeah, you, know, you gotta yeah. gotta guide them, right? And I wonder if they would select based on sound. I that's I, that's something that we don't need to think about. It's in I braille, probably. Like, they would have it in braille. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and in case you couldn't tell by this week's intro, being in French and all. Uh, the movie that we're talking about this week, given to us by last week's guest, Don, from the Even the Score podcast, is Amélie, uh, or its full French title, Le Fabuleux Destin d'Amélie Poulain, uh, the 2002 French romantic comedy. So, thank you, Don. Does anybody have a history with this movie at all? No, I've never seen it. Um, I've rarely even heard of it, but once I told people that I was watching it, I found out that half the universe loves this movie, and I was sitting in a hole, apparently. <laughs> I like. I had seen the poster. I feel like that was my history with it. I'd never seen it. I knew that it was a thing, and I knew that it was popular, but I did not know anything about it. See, yeah, I knew about it from just like general watching movie stuff and like every time the oscars would be like oh the magic of cinema montage they would always have that scene where it's amelie in the movie theater being like i like to turn around and look at the others <laughs> and also the show my brother my brother and me did an extended bit once where someone submitted something and their name was amelie so they just went off about this movie being like, haha, it's Amelie. And I was like, okay, I've listened to that bit enough. I know the movie. It's about a girl. She loves new relationships. She cooks an egg with a spoon. And then none of it happened. <laughs> yeah. There was no egg. There was no egg. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things that you hear a lot about. And it's like, hmm, maybe I should watch that someday. But it's all in French, so I don't. I don't know. I I didn't have any like 
feelings that I was never going to watch it. It was on that list of movies that I feel like eventually you're going to get around to. Yeah. It was never on a list for me. It <laughs> Never at all. Uh, do we want to go... Do you want to talk about the first half of the film? Let's do it. All right. So in case you don't know by now, Luke and I do a thing where one of us writes a synopsis of the first part of the film. The other one writes a synopsis of the second part. And we have the other person read it uh, cold on the air. It's similar to a, you know, Colin Jost, Michael J. joke swap. This week, I wrote part one and Luke's going to read it. Let's get quirky. Amelie was born to an army doctor father and a neurotic teacher mother. She's homeschooled for a hilariously tragic reason. Her mom also dies in a hilariously tragic way. She thinks she caused a car accident with her camera. You know, normal French kid stuff. Let's cut forward a couple years. Amelie is now a shy, strange, adult woman. She works at the Dutch Angle Cafe with a whole slew of wacky characters. Like, stalker guy who likes bubble wrap, nice normal lady who cracks bones, and hypochondriac. Oh, also her sex face looks like she's trying to eat a warhead in the middle of a math class. She lives across the street from Sam Jackson in Unbreakable, but what? He has glass bones. He likes to paint. We get a lot of introductions and a lot of orgasm scenes. Those wacky French. Like so many other famous movies... The plot of Amelie is set into motion with the death of Princess Diana. The surprise causes Amelie to discover a hole in her wall containing a small tin full of childhood stuff owned by Dominique Bretotau. 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 After talking to more side characters, like the shitbag Crozier, his kind of slow assistant Lucien, and the woman who lives downstairs from her, she eventually finds Dominique and, anonym- and anonymously gives him his stuff, which overwhelms him with joy. Amelie now realizes she's found her calling and this movie's plot. Do nice stuff for strangers. First, she guides a blind man around town, telling him what's happening, giving him a fun experience. It ends with him being alien abducted? Then, Amelie steals her dad's favorite garden gnome in order to convince him to travel the globe. Cute. While in the train station, she meets a mystery man named Nino, who likes to collect ripped-up photos from a photo booth to recreate their faces. Is everyone in France whimsical? After the grocer tells the crowd that Lucien's mother got pissed on, Amelie decides it's time for revenge with tiny pranks. Let's switch around his bathroom door handle, give him slightly smaller shoes, switch his toothpaste and foot cream, set his alarm too early. Honestly, if she put a lizard on his water bottle and a mattress in a lake, she'd be the prank movie queen. Uh, I think that's it for the first half. This movie is light on plot, but heavy on things constantly happening. Sacre bleu! C'est un film très bizarre? Sacre bleu, c'est un film très bizarre, but I mean close. (laughs) (laughs) There were similar sounds. So, yeah, this is a... This is definitely this definitely has a distinct look to it and a big vibe going on. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, visually this movie is is beautiful. Um mm-hmm. if, if I 
which I should have done. I should have watched it on mute because I didn't know what the fuck they were saying to begin with. Because there were subtitles, thankfully, but like, like a Guillermo del Toro movie, like each frame is just like it's like a painting. It's so saturated and it pops. It's it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous to look at. It yeah, the saturation of the colors and the camera shots. The one thing every time they're in the cafe, it's tilted a lot of the time. That's where the which, name came from. Cause, well, that's that's why I called it the Dutch Angle yeah. Cafe. I think it was like the three windmills or something. But like, I was very... Not off-foot by that. I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, Oh, okay. We're, <laughs> we're, we're back on our side again, sure. I, I'm a sucker for anything that is slightly tilted to the left. I will watch anything slightly tilted to the left. Yeah, I think it was to the left a lot. Yeah, It was very pleasing. Mm. Like everything in this movie was just like I don't know. It was like a, a like a tiny ceramic mouse in a house with everything proportioned. I feel like okay, sure, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a small mouse house. This is uh, Tutter from Bear. No, yeah, Tutter from Bear in the Big Blue House. My, That's what this movie is. My mind went to Mouse Hunt. And, oh uh, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's... I'm, Amile or whatever her name is, it's just Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie is peanut butter and jelly stringed. <laughs> oh no no, I can't not picture Amelie as Nathan Lane. <laughs> I bet there are fifteen people having an orgasm right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was something. Uh, well, this is good Nathan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, this movie does a lot of cutaways. Which, I guess because it was such a big Oscar play, and it's from Miramax, which, Harvey Weinstein, piece of shit, bad man, but, like, was this, like, big prestige brand, I didn't expect it to be this funny. Now, do you think it was intentionally funny, or do you think it's just French? I think it's, le- I think it's legitimate French jokes that would hit different where you're watching it Hmm. i guess like funny different yeah like it's funny to the french people in a more dry way and to us it's just like the mom got squished by someone killing themselves (laughs) i i will say though i i laughed a little too hard when her dad thought she was having heart palpitations because he hugged her. <laughs> that was hysterical. <laughs> God. I had to pause the movie because like, I was laughing too hard. I missed the subtitles that came after yeah. it. But I was like, okay, that's great. This, this is brilliant, brilliantly sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hysterically tragic. She had a suicidal fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love sequence it. on that. That shot of it just jumping out the bowl, I, I fucking lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I don't think that I knew the tone of the movie, so I wasn't sure whether I was gonna laugh or whether I was gonna be like upset for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised to find it was the first. Yeah. Uh, I think the only reason I kind of latched on to the, uh, the, like the 
tone in the beginning is just looking up some stuff before starting. I don't know where it went, but I think I read somewhere that Brian Fuller, when he was making the show Pushing Daisies, was like, yeah, I want the vibe of this show to be like Amelie. Like, I want it to feel like an American version of Amelie that's also a TV kind of police procedural. And And I was like, I feel that. Like, I can feel the way that influence, this influence that. That's the show with the the talking dead people, or is that Six Feet Under? I think that's Six Feet Under. Six Um, Feet Under, I think, is a funeral home? This is about a guy who can poke people once and they come back to life for a minute and then he poke them again and they die <laughs> again. So he pokes them and is like, hey, who killed you? And they're like, uh, Doug Jones. And he's like, okay, goodbye. Hey, it's Doug Jones. Give me the reward money. <laughs> that sounds fun. It's a great show. Uh, yeah, I guess I never watched Pushing Up Daisies, but I can see that just from the poster art. Mm-hmm. Like it has that same like color pop to it. Yeah, it's got the big colors. It's got the like mix of tragicomic stuff. Just big, big fan of both. Big fan of both. This one's just it's stranger than I expected, and I think it's because it was so, oh, like awardsy. I and how was uh, it successful? Awards wise. I think it won some foreign stuff. Where is the awards section? Why can't I find the awards section? Maybe it just won dick. I don't know. Let's see. It was nominated at least. Or did it win all of them? It was nominated for five Oscars. Uh, which were the so it didn't win anything but it got nominated for best screenplay best set design or art direction cinematography sound and foreign language film as soon as this movie was done and Obviously, when it first started, I realized that it was just all in French. Like as soon as it was done, it made me. It reminded me of this fantastic John Waters uh, PSA that he did about smoking in movie theaters, and it's just him yelling at the audience, like smoking a cigarette, saying that like, "Oh, you wish you can smoke a, smoke a cigarette right now, don't you?" And it's like, how do they expect you to sit during like a three hour movie, especially a French film, without one of these guys? He's <laughs> just like <laughs> mocking the entire audience. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I need a cigarette after watching a melee. Yeah, I definitely like kind of walked away from it, just like you know, that feeling after you watch a long movie and you're like, I need to like reconnect with reality a little bit. Like, I don't know what plane of existence I'm on. <laughs> There was no form of reality in this movie. Like, I couldn't tell you any of these characters existing in real life. Like, no. Especially no. her. Like, she she is just, like, way too... Like, she's like French Zoe Deschanel. Like, it just doesn't exist. Yeah, she's she is a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Or at least she's got the manic pixie and girl part down. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, though. 
like, because isn't there some element of like, to that trope of like, she is just up on a pedestal. She's like something you aspire for and she's not. Well, I don't know. I think, like, she's not I, think, in... I think that's why I took the dream part out of it. So yeah. she's just manic pixie girl who's running around <laughs> being like, blind manic. man, now we're going down the street. They're playing chess. And now I'm going to leave you and there's going to be a strange lighting effect <laughs> where like everything starts to glow around you and that makes Connor scream, alien? Yeah. Resurrection. Yeah, same director. <laughs> That actress was phenomenal. Like, I don't think... When you hit something weird like this, if you miss a, a piece of it, I feel like it's not going to catch. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, like she, she worked out fantastically. She really did. But I think it's because of her haircut. I think if she had a <laughs> different haircut, it would that not definitely have definitely added. Yeah, like that perfect like rectangle around her face. Like, her face is framed within a frame. Like, it wouldn't work. <laughs> now, are you guys pro the hair down in that weird rectangle, or are you pro the hair up? Down. The, down the hair was the hair. Oh, we're, on, we're really... on two different lanes. Like, down. Just straight down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was I was the opposite. I, I thought it looked so much better up. I uh, kind of just thought it was the hair, and I went, all right, you keep doing you. When she was like looking like that weird spy at one point when it was like up in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the part of Amelie actually wasn't written for this main actress, uh, Audrey Tautou. It was written for Emily Watson, if anybody knows her. She's been in like nothing. Red Dragon, Punch yeah. Drunk Love. Uh, she was busy filming Gosford Park and also she didn't speak French. <laughs> so yeah. she was like i can't do this huge issue for that movie <laughs> yeah big problem oh she was in the water horse remember the water horse i don't was want to horse it, 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 was, it was a movie about nessie it was a pet but... like didn't the kids like keep her in a tub or some shit yeah they like <laughs> find nessie and then yeah. it gets too big for the tubs so they gotta put in the lock yeah. and it's the water horse that's on a separate list of movies I knew about but had no intent of seeing. You know. Oh yeah, no, I've never seen it. Oh, I just, oh, you, you always, guys never I just seen always it? think I just well, always think of it. You guys put it your bad? shit together and watch The Water Horse, I tell you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't <laughs> no, be shocked don't watch if, the water horse. like <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if we got it by the end of this year. Uh, but uh If you what's want your take on The Water Horse. If you want dick ugly CG <laughs> And just like, you know, quirky family, it's all for you. Like, oh my god, it's like Harry and the Hendersons with like a dragon baby. It's, it's terrible. That, in, all right, that well, description it's... intrigues me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, wait, I kind of liked Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> well, when the tagline is the most wondrous film of its kind since E.T. And it that E.T., I hate that movie too, so I'm the worst person to ask about this. <laughs> It's also, that's annoying to have your tagline have another movie in it. Alright, maybe it's not a tag. I think it's the quote. It was just, like, really big on the poster. Right. Yeah. Either way. Bad. Still, that's... Bad. 
So you don't think it's as wondrous, or you think that E.T. itself is not wondrous? E.T. is a fucking massacre. (laughs) I mean, the ride at Universal is pretty great, though. I will, you go on a bike. I will choose He's... Mac and me over E.T. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's where but I'm at. Mac and me doesn't say your name at the end of a ride <laughs> in a terrible robot voice. They could. Just wait till McDonald's world opens. Yeah. See? There you go. I mean, M- McDonald Land is already part of the McDonald's commercial canon. That's where Grimace lives. I thought you were going to be like, oh, there's a real McDonald Land. I mean, I have the Carfax on it. It's like Carfax. I'm not at work. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, can you guess the tagline for Amelie? At least the one that was in English? Because it's... I don't I don't know if it's bad or not. Uh, she's quirky? I don't know. Alright, that's a good guess. What do you got, Luke? Life's quirky? So, there are two here but they're basically the same thing. It's one person can change your life forever or she'll change your life. So like kind of close. Okay. You know what? I, I approve. I approve of that tagline. I, yeah. That sums it's it up pretty well. It's a little vague, but I don't think it's terrible. No, it, it's intriguing enough. Yeah. How is accurate? How's this little Bob cut can change my life? I got to buy a ticket. <laughs> You know what she looks like? Like, I'm looking at the poster now, and she's just staring at me. Like, she just looks like a rejected Portlandia character. Yeah. yeah. Like, that. that's the vibe I'm kind of getting, just, like, staring at this poster. The poster gave me the serious vibes of uh, that that meme with the girl in the house fire. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Either that, yeah, no, she's got like the mischievous smirk. Either that or like Matilda, all grown up. <laughs> These cafe patrons and friends are very. They, I didn't expect them to keep coming up. I personally love them. Yeah, I, I, lo- I like them a lot. Oh. I just didn't think like we would get more of them so i forgot most of their names yeah i did too i was kind of hoping for more of them because i i was kind of hoping that the film was going to center around that cafe because like i i kind of loved everything about it i think that was like my favorite aspect of the film was that cafe and the people that were in there although i was really confused about the pharmacy section in the cafe yeah, that was yeah. really weird to me. I guess and that's the bar. just French. What was it? A bar? There was like a bar, but it was also a cafe, and there was that pharmacy section. Yeah, I think that I think that's just a French thing to have like the all in one. It probably is. This is. But yeah, like to you go and you get a little, little, little ham sandwich, and you can have like a coffee or a single beer. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. get a rubber and bang the chick in the back cooler, <laughs> yeah, and you know? You, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then you pork so hard that the entire place shakes. <laughs> yeah, that I, was not the place. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Neither did she. But up bum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bad joke. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that, that part coming at all when no, that she, happened. She didn't see that coming, <laughs> but she saw 15 people having orgasms in a montage. Yeah. I almost never thought this movie was going to center 
and I was okay with that. I was like, I was almost a little bummed when it started to not just be like little weird vignettes that were coming out of her head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When it starts to focus more on Nino, it's like Nino's a fun little character. He's like a good little uh, equal person for Amelie. It's like, oh, this guy was also a little weird and bullied. And the, but, wait, which one was he? Was he the the fruit guy or the dude like pricing dildos? He's the dildo, the dildo guy. guy. He's the dildo guy. Okay, that scene I loved, like, because it it was so grounded that he's talking about Amelie while working at a sex shop, and obviously in in like European countries, it's just completely normal. Like those types of things, you yeah. know, they're like more open. But it's just, stigma. yeah, it's just so funny. It's just like, yeah, you know, thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, so I met this girl, and she's just so. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. She she's so mysterious. She's scared to talk to me, but will make puzzles for me to maybe talk to her. Yeah, and send me on this like weird roller coaster with a guy yelling "boo" in my ear for ten minutes. A romantic wild goose chase, but a wild goose chase nonetheless. Yeah. It had to be. It was the most... It was the only way that that woman would court someone. That's... I'm not against it. (laughs) Like, I I wanted to be clear. Like, I think it's strange. I think it's bizarre. But I... It does work for the movie. Oh, yeah. That'd be a decent tagline for the movie. A wild goose chase. But a goose chase all the same. (laughs) A romantic wild goose chase, but a goose chase all the same. I, I honestly think if they didn't have a goose chase, I would probably question why there wasn't one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Nino's whole thing of, I collect ripped up subway photo booth photos and put an album of them together, that's, I don't know, that feels a little serial killery. <laughs> really? I, I was kind of into it. I thought I thought it was kind of neat i i think it would be interesting as like a public art project okay but just to be like this is my personal album of strangers i don't know it it rubbed me a weird way i think that in like the context of real life yeah mm-hmm. that'd be weird he's like yeah hey, but it, it is the movie but like in this world of this movie it totally made sense in this like this was like French Wes Anderson a lot of times, I feel like. Wes yeah, Anderson. <laughs> that is a perfect description. But there, there are people that do that shit in real life. Like, if you ever gone to, like, flea markets, True. like, it's the same idea. I always thought that was cool, mainly because, like, I just have this weird thing in the back of my mind that I always want to witness the person seeing the picture of their family at a flea market. And just have that rekindling <laughs> moment of just like, yeah, this this is my grandfather. Or I, I just might fake it just to kind of get that satisfaction and really freak the dude out. Like, you should give me this photo for free because it's, it's, my, it's, it's mine. It's my family. You don't own them. You grab a picture from like the 1920s, be like, no, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Brown shows up. We have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that it wasn't like, I took these pieces and I made a collage. I made like a Frankenstein head or something like mm-hmm. that. It was like 
I'm taking these pictures and recreating them exactly in a scrapbook. I want to know what their faces were, especially Baldman. <laughs> yeah, weird obsession with bald guys. Yeah, I think it's just because that one guy keeps showing up. It's like, oh, well, yeah, and Amelie's obsession. She, I mean, Amelie's a quirky girl. Yeah, I mean, very true. The, oh God, what the hell is the guy's name? is like blanking on my head now and the, the total joke is ruined. I'm going to say it's like the 2001 equivalent of obsession with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Finding bald men. Yeah. The whole thing with the grocer and Lucien was, like, I, I was just there to have some fun little pranks, because I did kind of enjoy the fun little pranks. I did as I well. So. I, I think that was my second favorite part of the movie. Was <laughs> Woke up was... woke up at four in the morning, was standing outside, and didn't realize no one was there until the cats came by. <laughs> the The shoes. The shoe aspect is, is what got me. Because like, you always think about, or like there's that meme that goes around, like if you can break into someone's house and make it as inconvenient for them as possible, like she mm. did that. And it was like the, the slightly smaller shoes and all of it. That was like my second favorite part. The switching of the door handle for the bathroom was what got me. I was like, that's genius, as he's, like, struggling outside <laughs> to get the handle, and it's just the knob. I liked the salt in the liquor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that was good, because that was a long uh, setup. Because, like, the first montage, he didn't drink anything. Mm -hmm. And then after the second montage, where everything was just fucked, yeah. he downed it, and it was like, ah, that's a good payoff. She definitely took a book out of, like, Little Monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. I can picture her watching that movie on repeat on her tiny little green Phillips TV. <laughs> <laughs> Just worshipping Howie Mandel. Yeah. <laughs> Half the time she watches, it's, it's split up into thirds. It goes Tour de France, coverage on Princess Diana, little monsters yes absolutely all the french essentials <laughs> uh yeah some yeah the grocer definitely shouts to the crowd somebody peed in his mother when lucien <laughs> yeah. does some mistake he's so mean to that little boy yeah I'm... i guess not little boy but yeah, I he seems like a young adult. I boy. thought he was like the the love interest at first. Like when she first like goes up to him and she kind of gives him like that smile and he gets cut off by like the main girl. So like I thought that was going to be the love interest at one point. Mm -hmm. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it it would make sense though. Yeah, she 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 gave him that like you know, I wish she had like an umbrella or something, and she was like kind of like hiding underneath of it, like hiding her smile from him. Uh, and a little vote of confidence later when uh, the grocer can't do stuff, so he's running the thing on his own and doing a good job. Yeah, uh, I I was completely blown away. That wasn't him. I also thought this movie was gonna end with the glass man painting a picture of Amelie. 
I thought that was going to be, like, the big final shot would be, like, you know, like, oh, this, like, beautiful, like, he finished the Renoir thing and look at the, he finally did something original with it. It's Amelie's the water sipping lady or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Although, what, what was that dude's, like, deal? Like, his rear-windowed ass, like, sitting in the window watching everybody. <laughs> like... He... He he was the one fish from Spongebob. He had glass bones and paper skin. Every morning, he'd get up and break his legs. Did, did she bring him chocolate? No. I think at one point she brought him chocolate. Yeah, she bought him some stuff uh, a few times... And then Lucien starts delivering his groceries and doing art with him. And there's a, they have a little relationship, which I liked. I thought that was very cute. Yeah, I, I He gives it. her life advice and she mm-hmm. supplies him with fresh bodies for which to teach painting. Yep. In even trade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really into their relationship. I think... Um, it's so funny, like, like thinking about that, there's, like, eight mini-movies in one ginormous movie. Like, you can make a series of, like, short films and just call it Paris by yeah. watching this movie. There, there are points where this feels like, like a package film, mm-hmm. like you said, of multiple shorts. Like, if Amelie was a short film character and then they wrote the Nino subplot to, like, try and link them all together. Yeah, like, have you ever seen that movie, like, Trick or Treat? Mm, The horror movie? Uh, It's basically, like, seven separate shorts, but they all interweave into one another. And I feel like that's how this could have worked out. Which would have been cool. I was thinking of 1970-somethings, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, but, you know... Winnie the Pooh, Trick or Treat, they're on the same level. Oh, yeah. Except I, I never liked Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I, had a, I had a sad childhood, okay, man? <laughs> <laughs> We're not judging. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, an important part of our childhoods was this 2005 Vin Diesel movie. You can't judge people. Yeah. Uh, I almost felt like it was like a short episode procedural or a comedy show where, like, most of it resets or most of it's just a little thing. But there's, like, a season-long driving plot. And the season-long thing was Amelie. But everything else was like, oh, and today we're going to focus on the, the grocer and his, his mean little thing with his stock boy. And... Okay. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I think there is a way, like, if it was cynical modern hollywood i think they would be able to like expand this into like oh well uh limited hbo series sounds good right well not necessarily like it would have to be bad like something that the director tastefully did themselves yeah but yeah no i get what you're saying though do we have anything else to say about part one or is it time to go to part two I feel like I jumped around all over the place because I forget what's yeah, well, part one yeah, and yeah, part two anymore. Me too, kind of. <laughs> but let's go to part two. Amalie part ducks. Parentheses. French. 
That's like a stage direction. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a little friend, Amelie, calls the young quirky antagonist from Le Robin Williams' film Photo Booth. <laughs> he works at Le Bubis store. It is very strange, but also kind of fun. This begins a little. This this begin a little bit of cat mouse. Romance little games, ripped up photos of strangers, is fun, no? Other things happen in the dinner. A definite cautionary tale of abusive relationships begins with loud ba- ba- bathroom sex for the world to hear. Bread huh, huh, huh. happens. Painting happens. The lovers miss each other by just a bit. Kit, kit, kit. Amelie is very sad. Her fairy god old man tell her to not to do that. Go and be lovers together. The advice is followed, and several old little apple kisses later, a happy ending occurs. Amelie has touched many lives, and they are all better for it. Monsieur Nom has returned from his flat Stanley adventure. The little boy from the wall box has a little boy of his own. All is well, sacré bleu. Uh, if you're going for a French laugh, it's usually H O N. It's usually hom hom hom. No, I was going for the. <laughs> yeah, that's Noise. what it is. Uh, yeah. That, that that's what it is the second half's a lot of nino stuff a lot of trying to find him setting up his wild goose chase our second movie that we're covering where there's a big important scene in the middle of a little janky horror ride yes good time is remember it... the weird ride in good time yeah 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 i know what you're talking about Okay, well, you had literally no reaction. <laughs> it's interesting. It's the whole, the whole, uh, the whole wild goose chase is interesting because, especially in the one where it's at the park and she's trying to return the photo album to him. Like, she had to talk... She's shy, but she had to get so many people in on this thing. Mm. Yeah. She had to talk to so many strangers, but she doesn't want to talk to this one. She's good at strangers in general. The abstract concept of strangers. But not this one specific guy. She can always depend on the kindness of strangers. It's the wrong accent to do for that line. (laughs) (laughs) But... She has a cat. We never learn her cat's name, and that made me upset. Kind of forgot she had a cat. Yeah, me too. I just was looking at my notes, and I would write down something that was happening, and I'd be like, "What's the cat's name? Tell me the cat's name. I need to know what's the cat's name." And we never get it. I, I feel like the cat would not be French at all. I feel like it would be like Spanish or something, <laughs> something completely yeah. different. She'd either name it either cat in a different language, so like gato or cat, or like just an object. I feel like. Oh yeah, like it. It it would be like plant. Like this is my cat plant. Yeah, I feel like she's the type who would be like, 
Like, oh, here he is, Monsieur Pencil. Yes. <laughs> Voiced by Mel Brooks. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Cats yeah. voiced by Mel Brooks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the whole porn... There's a lot more in the porn shop than I initially expected when she first called them up. I thought it was going to be like a one-and-done gag of like, ah, they thought she was selling nudes. Uh, but then there's then there's just a lot more going down. Wasn't there like oh. really tiny coffee? Like, I feel like this girl had like really tiny coffee she was bringing into the to the sex shop. For some yeah. Reason. I think it was just, you know, an, an espresso. A Frenchie. <laughs> yeah. That all... That all type of good fun stuff. I did the the sex store bit was funny. It was funny the whole time. Um, Every time he asked, like, "Can you cover for me at four so I can maybe talk to a girl?" Yeah, like the woman's giving a private dance, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta go." I, I I find it funny that like he too is like very kind of like socially awkward in a lot of ways, but works at a sex shop. Mm, right like, like that like that alone is, is its own type of quirk and it's just like oh i'm so shy to talk to people but you know i just priced this dildo and you can have it for the price marked <laughs> on yeah. the sticker like i'm scared to talk to people but like daddy's everywhere yeah no this is normal that's my element <laughs> this is where i feel dildo stickers yeah <laughs> I also, and it is nice because it's, you know, this world and the way the movie is. I feel like if this was a less, like, genuine, sweet movie, the whole, like, do you want to meet me thing, there would be, like, three other guys trying to follow it. True. I feel like. I don't know. I I think there would be. I think, like. Like, just just as, like, a quick punchline, like, Nino would be at the apartment, and you'd see, like, two other guys run up the stairs and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I could definitely yeah. see that that happening. Or, like, like that would be the joke in itself, is that she's trying for, like, one guy, and then another person gets it thinking it's someone completely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I could see that happening. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy it was the one-on-one. Uh, even after the porn shop girl was asked to describe Amelie to Nino, and she was like, she's, you know, not tall, but not short. She's average. Yeah. yeah. Not not dark, but not too light. You know what this film did that I really, really enjoyed? I kind of enjoy it in, like, any movie that I watch it in. The usage of, of uh, like, phone booths. Mm-hmm. Like, it is such, like, a nostalgic thing now to see a phone booth. And especially, yeah. like, a French phone booth with her with that whole, like, Laverne and Shirley <laughs> sunglasses headdress thing on. Like, like why are you in disguise? He has no idea who you are to begin with. And you're going to hide yourself to begin, like, to keep it up for some reason. I, I like she did <laughs> that for herself. Yeah. <laughs> feel better. Like, no one must know who I am. Not even me. It was an added joke, though. That was funny. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's no reason for this. The, but the usage of a phone booth, I just always loved. I love that idea because it's not around anymore. Yeah, it, it is a fun little plot device when it pops up, whether it's just 
someone's in it or it's like oh the phone booth did a mystery ring will you answer it yeah like i just watched the new conjuring and Mm -hmm. there was a scene when a character used the phone booth and i got really excited like it had like the full like alfred hitchcock bird style one (laughs) that he was like inside oh nice i was like those are fucking cool man like i want one just like in my apartment just to have yeah why not you can make it a sound booth yeah it can totally be a sound booth yeah Oh, you must love the uh, 2002, that uh, Colin Farrell movie that came out in 2002 then. Oh, uh, that movie sucked ass. It was called Phone Booth. Yeah, but it was uh. a terrible movie. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> didn't, just wanted didn't to. He, didn't he have a cell phone in that movie too? But he was still <laughs> oh, in a phone booth? I think it's possible. I think he just answered the call in the phone booth and he's like, oh, now they're shooting at me. Yeah. Oh, no. It's all for aesthetics. Yeah. He was bullseye, so he deserved oh man he was <laughs> yeah yeah he was bald he had that little little target on his head <laughs> terrible he could throw a thing and it would pin a fly down maybe he's gonna be in uh far from home or no the other one the no way home. out no way home <laughs> yeah why not yeah, throw, it's part throw. of a massive spider verse oh no there's a rumor netflix daredevil's gonna be in it so yeah uh, let's just get the other daredevil people in it yeah and Electra. jennifer gardner is Electra. let's go oh dear god no i i will say though the ben affleck costume for daredevil was pretty fucking cool he yeah looked, i'd agree uh, with that looked like daredevil he got the look down that was pretty tight but other than that it was trash that was like back in the day when the superhero movies were just like, okay, um, can we make this costume one piece? And yeah, okay, cool, we did it. Let's move on. And now it's like everything's complicated and interconnected and has to look different. There's reasons why Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is the only thing to work out of those time frames. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, only Michael Chiklis's version of the thing. Everything else can go. Yeah, I'll give you that. Oh, wait, you're not a you're not a fan of Ioan Grifford? Is that is that That's Mr. Fantastic, yeah. I think that's his name. Listen, you could scrap the rest of it. I would be happy if tomorrow they were like, Oh, here's our announcement about the Fantastic Four movie that's coming and it was still Michael Chiklis playing the same thing. It's all young people and Michael Chiklis. Oh, I'll, I'll take it. I'd buy that for a dollar. That's fine. I watched Michael Chiklis in that show that only ran for a season where he was basically still the thing, just not rocks. Oh, uh, the superhero family thing yeah, that you told no me to watch family. like six years in a row? Yeah, I loved it. I really thought it was going to get renewed for another season. Like, If you, you, get, you go the distance, you got the back half, you got the whole 22 episodes... Come on. I I don't think I did. I forget. It's a classic. It was like The Incredibles or live action. What the hell are you talking about? There was a <laughs> <laughs> there was a series that ran, I think it was on ABC. Yeah. It was called No Ordinary Family. And I forget whether they knew that the whole family had powers off the bat or like we discovered it through a couple of different episodes. Like, we knew... Michael Chiklis was your Mr. Incredible character. He was strong. Yeah. Okay. And he knew about it, but, like, the kids started to develop powers, 
and I don't think they knew. One was fast and one was smart, right? Yeah, one he like did math. He used math to cheat at football, and then he decided that it was not ethical for him to cheat at football that way. (laughs) That was a whole episode. Anyway, (laughs) before we end up turning this into a No Ordinary Family bonus episode. (laughs) Don't tempt me, dude. Oh, don't choose that for your birthday thing. We're doing it's movies, the whole not series. TV. Oh, We're doing God. movies, not TV. We gave Jade and Jason shit for trying to give us TV. Yeah. Uh, the bald man reveal, I think, was a good, like, flash to reality, I guess. Like, not everything's going to be this magical, quirky thing. Like, this guy's just the repairman. That's why there are so many pictures of him. He's just a guy. Yeah, it, it, it's Michael it, like, Chiklis. Bro- yeah. <laughs> if only. <laughs> it's French Michael Chiklis. Is <laughs> clobering <laughs> them. Matt, I thought that was a good little... Just, I Like, it broke my heart a little bit, but I was like, that's what I needed at this point. I know that's, like, you're supposed to have the sad moment right before the triumph, but it worked. That, that was the most realistic aspect of this film. It, it was something that made perfect sense that it would be that guy. Yeah. Oh, we never mentioned the neighbor, uh, Mrs. Wells, who, like, had a dead <laughs> husband who cheated on her. <sighs> so Amelie's like, I'm going to write a secret army letter to prove that he regretted cheating on her before he died. So, like, he's still dead, but... This stuff, these characters are the reason that I would like more of this, that I would like to see uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would work as like a small series because they're all so small and these scenes are so short, but they're so fleshed out. There's so much to all of these people and they're like different worlds. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. But that woman who lived downstairs, we saw her in that first scene and she's just like, belch her life story and it was enough where she didn't have to come back but she got that little news about her husband and you're like that's cool yeah i was kind of pulling for her good for you lady yeah (laughs) um all the diner people get fleshed out in the second half Um, yeah yeah that's true one gets uh flesh in him yeah she (laughs) she got fleshed she certainly did didn't the one Fucking. say she got kicked by a horse? Is is that a thing? Because I remember someone getting kicked by a horse and laughing. I think that was mentioned, yeah. There's a whole thing with uh, Joseph and Georgette, I think, are the new relationship. They, you know, are banging. Yeah. Georgette's yeah, she, the hypochondriac. She's, she's the hypochondriac pharmacist in the cafe. And, uh... Then the lady who cracks bones, maybe she's Suzanne? I forget. But she it she uh she vets Nino for Amelie, which is nice. Yeah. She helps out. It's pretty tight. Right before he shows up and they have just many tiny kisses. Many little In the eyeball. In the eyeball, all over the face kisses. Yeah. My uh my gut note for it was this is like having your first kiss at a summer camp with someone who's obviously gay but doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Where it's just like, do I go on the face? Just 
Oh, there we go. It was a kiss. Uh, I'm going to leave my eyes open so I know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they start banging Lucien across the way with some, with Mr. Glassman, almost films in. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. That would be what? Like number 18 from the rooftop? Probably. I mean, they they claimed that he initially only recorded uh, the clock across the way so he never had to set his watch which is smart yeah that's very true i'm like i'm like sifting through like photos of this film right now like whatever imdb has Mm -hmm. and just 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 looking at the pretty yeah and it's just like i could have just done this (laughs) you would have connected it all in your brain yourself and then been like oh yeah I, yeah, I think that was right. I get all of this right there. Oh, God. And it just came across the picture of her, like, not having many boyfriends, but her, like, sleeping with the one guy and just, like, looking at the camera awkwardly, like, the fucking office. The eating the warhead <laughs> face. Yeah. Oh, my God. This weird good luck Chuck moment in this film. That. I wasn't expecting it. No. That was your go to. <laughs> I mean, I would. I would invite you to rewatch that one scene from that movie, the like fuck montage, and then be like, "Oh wow, yeah, that's pretty damn obvious." That that's what that is. <laughs> I, I turned away for literally two seconds, and I looked back at the TV, and it's just people fucking. I had no idea what was going. I had to rewind and watch that scene twice just to see just if to... it made sense, and it did not. It doesn't. She's just thinking about how many people are having orgasms in France at this very moment. And she's able to turn to the camera and with confidence say, it's 15. Like, like even though it's her fantasy and like she's just thinking about it, it makes her feel like some kind of god. See, I never got the, the vibe that it was a fantasy in her head. I I thought she just had this like ability, like a Stephen King character to just be like, this is what's happening. I can see it all. I mean, maybe that's why everything works out for her. Maybe that's why the blind man got the alien invaded thing at the end. Maybe she's just a god. Maybe. It's all not, hail Amelie. It's it's not Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, everybody gets a happy ending. Uh, the grocer is learning about his brain after the whole prank thing and he tries to call his mom and it's like a therapist's office because amelie changed the speed dial she she helps out everyone around her for the most part yeah he deserved it though <laughs> fuck that guy well yeah, yeah he sucked yeah can't be mean to lucia no simple boy just a, just a little simple boy yeah. the only one that she helped that i was like well, i don't know if she probably should have helped him was when she got those two people in the diner to fuck and get together. Um, yeah, I... I was pulling for that guy in the beginning, and then he was like, I watched you pull a note out of somebody's pocket! Yeah, he's like, leaving what notes for himself. He's like, oh, it's February 14th, 4pm. Kind of had a bad tone. Talked to another man. She's like, I'm taking his order. <laughs> I'm a pharma waitress bartender. Yeah, man. 
a bunch of different job titles. That way you only have to fill out one W-2. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or uh, W D, if you will. <laughs> w T. I just, I really like my final note that I wrote of just summing up this movie of just after helping all these French people, Amelie finally got her reward. Some dick. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe without the warhead face. Yeah, maybe hopefully. that, 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 maybe that was the, the reward. That... Um, that would be a kind of tragic ending if it just cut back and she's making that face again. It's like, oh no, she hates it. <laughs> It quickly becomes a horror movie. Yeah. And we get the sequel. I really loved the the gnome flat Stanley plot. That was just a cute thing to cut back to where she'd be like, wow, dad, your gnome's been going everywhere. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to travel yet? No. All right. So who, who else was shipping the gnome around? It was it the was... flight attendant. That's yeah, what it her, was. Okay. Her friend was a flight attendant and she had it carry she had her carry them around and just take pictures. That that's right. I I was trying to I think that was another thing. I turned away for five seconds and to not repeat the beginning of the movie, I just kinda let it run and see mm, what happens. That, that was like a very end reveal, or at least I didn't catch it until the very end. Okay. When the flight attendant's like she's like, Did it work, flight attendant? And she's like, Everyone's been calling me Snow White. I hate it. <laughs> It better have worked. Oh, was she mad? Did I read that wrong? It, it was. It was <laughs> like. It was like friend mad, where it's like you're laughing about it, but you're also like this. This thing was kind of dumb. Oh. And it's like at, at least that's at that's the end. It did, at the end, it still didn't even work. <laughs> it was like a waste of time. No, didn't it? Didn't he get into a taxi? Did he, he did. He got in that taxi at the end. Oh. I, I think that was supposed to imply that maybe it worked. Uh, I, he, maybe. he at least left the house, because he didn't leave the house much. He just went to get milk. <laughs> he traveled to I mean, the grocery store. That's that's some kind of travel. That's true. It's definitely true. Put that gnome in the yard. Your mother hated that gnome. <laughs> but now it's my best friend, because <laughs> your mother got squished. Okay. I... Again, I think this is a great movie. I think it's very sweet and very fun all the way through. But that opening montage, I think, is the peak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the narrator. The narrator, all the, like, tragicomic things happening back and forth. It just, it hit on a different level for me. I I wanted that to be the whole movie. Uh, is there anything else, or do we want to move on to the criteria? Um, lottery tickets are a weird pickup line. That's true. I know that we've covered the the smashing in the diner scene to death. But it was immediate. It was like, ah, oh, man, did you, did you have a five? I didn't have any fives. And it was like, <laughs> let's go fuck in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, that's... You win some money... You get some honey. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Works on all levels. I don't know if I'm going to keep that in. I feel gross after saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it. Yeah, no. I'm not, now I'm everybody's also just got to say it to echo it so it makes it harder to cut. 
Well, no, I'm, I was going to keep in me saying I feel <laughs> gross after saying that. <laughs> I feel nasty. <laughs> Alright, so I believe it's now time to move on to our criteria, which we do every episode in order to fully compare this to the pacifier. First up, how's the soundtrack? French. French. Fun. Uh, God, the soundtrack. Uh, I'm tr- I gotta look at my... I wrote out answers to this. I tried being as prepared as possible. And my answer to... How does how is the soundtrack? I said, as fun as an accordion is, it does not compare to pop punk unless it is weird out. <laughs> That, makes sense that's how i feel about the soundtrack very french that, yeah i as as enjoyable and frenchy as this is i wouldn't save the spotify playlist i don't think i have the pacifier playlist saved yeah i can It'd listen to good, good charlotte like, all day yeah for like doing something in the yeah, same it's... way that you would listen to like classical music yeah i yeah, i was would... like background i would put this soundtrack on if i was like taking a bus or a train somewhere it's like travel music (laughs) uh where does the where does the lead actor land on the dieselometer which is a ranking of vin diesel performances on screen and off based on charm and ability uh i would say the lead actor in this is of course amelie played by Audrey Tuto, Tautu. Tata. It's Audrey Tautu. Uh, what'd you guys think? I said it's a Shane Wolf. She's kind of weird, kind of quirky. She uses it to better people's lives. Okay. Yeah, I'd say she was definitely weird and quirky. I feel like the using it to better people's lives came way later because she would be like that girl in high school that would eat paper, <laughs> make you feel really weird about it. But I like I wrote down like compa- so I did put on the record I didn't see the pacifier, but I watched like a stream of best of clips where I got the gist of the entire movie, and I felt like she really nailed that awkward look. Or pass to the camera that Vin Diesel was doing. I feel like he did a lot of this. Of just like looking over his shoulder at shit. That was like to the camera. Yeah. And I feel like she nailed that. I. Yeah. So Amelie is a innocent sweet character. Who is doing her best to improve the world. But especially with the relationship thing. Sometimes her powers might be a little bit destructive. Similar to the Iron Giant. Oh, I love that movie. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think that is the best Vin Diesel movie ever made. It's definitely a contender. Yeah, I don't know what I have as my best right now, but that, that'll be a story for a different day. Triple X. <laughs> Um, the return of Xander Cage. Thank you very much. Where else are you going to get a motorcycle in the water? <laughs> Did I like it as a kid, or would I have liked it as a kid? Yeah, probably. Not at all. <laughs> nope. I didn't like it now. I didn't sure as fuck not going to like it as a kid. I think... 
I would like looking at it. Yeah. But if, like, the more French I would hear, the more I would be like, mm, uh, can, can they talk normal? Yeah, I, I didn't get a, I didn't <laughs> get an... <laughs> As I didn't get it. No, that's fair. I, say, I didn't get an appreciation for visuals until maybe like teens. Mm. So like, if if it wasn't cartoons or monsters, like I would not care. And I'd be like, ew, who's this girl running around France for some reason? I'm, I don't <laughs> want any part of this. <laughs> I think it would have been like a movie you see in a language class, but it would have been one of the ones that really stuck with me one of the ones that i was like i really like this yeah no this would make sense to watch in a french class instead of what we watched in middle school which was uh will ferrell's kicking and screaming or mr holland's opus but in french two classic films (laughs) nothing to do with french (laughs) uh marie antoinette the Kirsten Dunst Marie Antoinette we also watched and i remember being in middle school and being like i hate this thing you didn't watch the red balloon we might have, like, but that didn't stick with me as hard uh, say, as like, a French guy trying to scream half calf. <laughs> <laughs> or the Pink Panther? <laughs> Steve Martin? No, I just watched that a bunch on my own. Oh, uh, okay. Masochist. <laughs> He's probably watched it this week. Oh, God. No, I didn't. Uh, you, oh, just, yeah. you just like I how he yells hamburger. I haven't seen it in a while. Hamburger. 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 You know, they're walking down the street and they have to disguise themselves behind the newspapers and he falls down the subway thing. <laughs> oh, it's been it's at movie. least It's been at least a decade since I've seen that movie, but I remember loving it. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't believe it's been that long. I think it... I, th- I think it was... Uh, what has the director gone on to do? So this was directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Uh, he's been around for a, a while, since the 70s. He's been making shorts. Uh, he was making some movies in the 90s, like Delicatessen, The City of Lost Children, or right before this, he directed Alien Resurrection, which is a bit of a... You know, people don't really like that one very much, from what I remember. It's all great movies. It's the one with Winona Ryder. <laughs> That's all I got for it. I don't know. Uh, Alien Resurrection was alright. I know why people hate it, but it was okay. After this, he had a World War One drama called A Very Long Engagement, also starring Audrey Tautou again. Uh, thing called Micmacs, a Chanel commercial, a couple of shorts, and his latest film is in post-production. It's called Big Bug. Uh, it's supposed to be a, about a group of bickering suburbanites find themselves stuck together when an android uprising causes their own well-intentioned household robots to lock them in for their own safety. Hmm. I can get into that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Kind of sounds little Mitchells versus the Machinesy, but uh, it, it's on. It's a Netflix it's a, movie. Yeah, yeah. It's already out. No, not uh, yet. Under details, it says Netflix. So keep an eye out for Big Bug. 
all the time I have an eye out for a big bug. That's true. Uh, do next up. Is there anything in this film that's as memorable as the Peter Panda dance? The cafe sex scene. <laughs> kind of right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. I think the face. The face and the whole look. I'm gonna give it, like, the... I would give it to the look. I would give it to any of the things that involve sex. But I think the thing that's gonna stick with me the most is after she helps the blind man and he gets abducted by aliens. <laughs> uh, yeah. That works. They, they're all good answers. Like, I don't think we've ever rejected an answer outright. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, who is the Brad Garrett, Carol Kane, memorably bizarre scene-stealing side character in this movie? Originally, I had the paint guru, but I think I'm going to give it to the narrator. Okay. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. I, I wrote the food stand guy because of just him being tortured. <laughs> yeah. Like, that alone is like early 2000s slapstick right there. He had the big wacky going on. Yeah. I was going to give it to the grocer or... Yeah, I'd, I'll give it to the grocer. I almost added the suicidal fish to that, but he didn't make... He wasn't there long enough. Yeah. He, he we died. had one more scene of him trying to leave. <laughs> and finally, is there anything in this film that's as bad shit insane as the one scene Sound of Music subplot from The Pacifier? Which, in case you don't remember, it comes in about halfway through the movie... And Seth, one of the boys Vin Diesel is watching, is skipping wrestling practice. He's being a little quiet, and when they search his locker, they find, oh no, he has a Nazi armband. And, oh no, he has bleached his hair, so now he's blonde. Instead of saying, I'm not a Nazi, he runs away, and Vin Diesel follows him to discover that he's no Nazi. He's just performing The Sound of Music as Rolf at a community theater production with a 40-year-old Liesel. Later, Vin Diesel directs that production and casts Brad Garrett as one of the nuns. Is there anything in this movie that's as nuts as that? The picture thing? Or maybe the cafe sex? Okay. I think the entire movie is more batshit <laughs> insane than this kid being mistaken for a Nazi. <laughs> I'd give it to 15 orgasms happening in France at once. Yeah, yeah. It, not even, not even like the orgasm. It's just her looking at the camera saying fifteen. Yeah, that's the <laughs> just, that's the thing that really hit. Yeah, just that, like so, so certain fifteen. That's just as good as thirty-seven. Just right. as funny. Yeah. And finally, do you have a ranking for this movie and a rating against the pacifier? Yeah, I give it 14 little bread orgasms. It's uh, it's very fun. I liked it a lot. Um, I don't think it's better, but I did enjoy it. I'm going to give it like four broken glass bones. I, I was not into this movie except for the visuals and a few quirky little scenes, but it's, it's it, I will not watch it again. I would give this... I would give this 12 little suicidal fish out of 14 i thought this was a blast i was 
having a fun time. The visuals really struck in a certain way. Uh, the It was funnier than I expected. And I would... Hmm, I think from a filmmaking perspective, it's better than The Pacifier. But I definitely would want to watch The Pacifier more. So it's it's in a weird little middle ground. I almost rented this a second time because a week had gone by. Nice. Um, so I'd rewatch it again. I'd, I'd definitely rewatch it at some point, but like, it's not going to be just like, ah, I want to throw on something. Yeah. Like, you have to be in a mood. Yeah, this whole movie is a mood. That That's for damn sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I can't see myself watching it again. I, I don't have the patience to sit there and watch it again you know i i can watch any foreign like kung fu monster movie and read the subtitles for that and be totally fine not not for this one i'll watch it on mute and just let the visuals go by maybe that'll be my rewatch yeah just do it for just the visuals watching. yeah i'll throw music on throw something else on yeah see if dark side of the moon lines up with it ah. oh of course <laughs> it does to it <laughs> And that is our discussion on Amelie. And now for next week's episode, Brandon has the movie for us, and he's going to give us some clues to see if we can figure it out. It's time to play the coming attractions game. Okay, so the movie, a couple of hints for the movie that I have. It's a bit of a obscure picture. I wrote down four little hints that could possibly help. Maybe not. I don't know. It's based on a true story. It is a musical. It has puppets. And it's filled with punk. Like, punk musicians. Is it based on a true story? Puppets. Is it like a 2000s movie? Or is it before? Uh, It came out. Give me one second and I will tell you. I want to say like 2006. 2006. Yeah, it came out 2006. And then the, the cast is famous um, rock and punk musicians. I, hmm. I don't know if I've heard. Mm. It, it's like okay like i say puppets but think it's not like hand puppets it's like claymation stop motion puppets hmm i mm. <laughs> i yeah no all of this is throwing me i don't think i've got this one it's it's a very very obscure um film and uh you it's it's it is online like on youtube for free but if you were to buy like a physical copy it'll cost it'll run you about like 250 bucks i'm intrigued yeah what i give up what is it uh luke any any guesses you give up i'm really bad at this game um let's see got nothing uh i like wallace and gromit is in my head but they're not like a rock band they're just claymation you know 
Uh, I wish there was a Wallace and Gromit rock band movie. It is very punk. Uh, Okay, so the film that I chose for you guys to watch is Batshit Crazy. It is the 2006 claymation movie called Live Freaky, Die Freaky. All about the Charles Manson murders done with puppets and voiced by where Charles Manson is voiced by Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. Oh, shit. Uh, Travis Barker is in it. Benji Madden is in it. You got Trey Cool, Danny Davy Havoc. You have all these punk musicians, and it is a wild, wild movie. Okay, I am intrigued by this. It is for free on YouTube. <laughs> all it, right, it's about an hour and sixteen minutes long. I can't okay. wait. Yeah, thank you very much for giving us that, Brandon. And uh, do you have anything you want to plug? You want to tell us about uh, Jerks Productions or Aphasia? Ah, uh, yes. Cool, thank you. Um, I, I co-run uh, Jerks Productions with my partner and fiancé, Jill. Uh, we are a... Oh, God, that's the best way to describe us. Uh, a Philadelphia-based art collective and horror film production team. Basically... In, in Philadelphia and surrounding areas, Delaware, New Jersey, we host different forms of art shows and gathering local artists together to showcase and network their work in, in safe environments. And while we're doing that, we also create uh, horror short films. Um, we did one with Connor. Uh, That's me. Maybe about, what, a year and two years ago, right before pandemic hit, we did a short? Yeah, like a year and a half. It was like early November. It was like late November 2019. Yeah. And uh, it was called Divine Inspiration. And um, great little artistic film about an artist who crucifies people. And uh, we're currently working on our very first feature film called Aphasia which is uh, a demon possession movie that follows the character of Sarah. Um, after, a suic- after a failed suicide attempt, um, her body is left as an empty vessel for something to crawl in. And when she gets resuscitated, something is uh, something comes back with her and kind of going through all that shenanigans. So cool. Currently in, the, in production of shooting that uh, right now. So yeah, hopefully by next year it'll all be out and ready be cool nice that's exciting yeah and thank you again for coming on yeah thank you thank you for having me this this was a lot of fun of course i'm glad you had fun and for us of course you can find us anywhere at no highway pod that's your facebook's your instagram's your twitter's your youtube's your what have you's it and go ahead you know what's like having 15 orgasms? Eating chicken. There used to be a restaurant in Amherst, Massachusetts called the Rafters Bar and Grill. It is since closed now, but they had a sauce. It was really good. It was called the Yukon Gold Sauce. We're really trying to get in touch with those old owners of that restaurant so we can recreate that sauce. So if you or anyone, else, anyone you know has a hot tip, call it in. Call and use the tip line. Let us know. Yeah, and the uh, phone number for that tip line is 301-941-7493 or 301-941-SIZE. It's our own little Google voicemail box where 
you can leave a message about whatever you want. Do you want to talk about, do you know Live Freaky, Die Freaky? Are you like a diehard fan of it? Tell us about it. Uh, do you have thoughts about Amelie? Do you want to just recite the My Brother, My Brother and Me bit to us? We'll play it on the episode if you just send in a voicemail to 301-941-7493. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's Fred Lilly over here, and I'm thinking you guys, in lieu of Pride Month, should do I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. Keep up the good work per usual. I was trying to see if it wouldn't let me. If it would let me not leave a name, but I don't think it's going to. So you're going to have that awkward couple seconds of silence there. But it's Bradley. I can't tell if I'm in the actual message or not. So, um, did it get rid of the thing where it's like, please state your name? Uh, This is all going to get left in, I guess. But, you know, uh, my name is Bradley, uh, or Vinny nominated Bradley. And I would like to suggest that you do the greatest movie of the year. You might have just saw F9, but you might be like, that's the greatest movie of the year. But no, it's Spiral from the Book of Saw. So add that to the wheel and, uh, you know, I still don't know if this is the actual voicemail. Whatever. I have no idea. Hey, guys. Big fan of the uh, the Fast and the Furious Marathon. This is past guest Nick Cherry, by the way. Should have done that first. Uh, but I think you guys left the seeds for your next movie marathon right in the episode. The next movie marathon you should do to promote the prom- release of Jungle Cruise, which comes out July 30th, 2021, is rides based on Disney attractions. This will be near and dear to Connor's heart as it is mine. Uh, you can start with 1997's Tower of Terror, go to 2000's Mission to Mars, The Country Bears, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, The Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, Tomorrowland, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And, I mean, that's really it. You can do Dinosaur if you want. I don't think that that movie was based on the ride i think they just tied it in but i think that's your next marathon and then cap it off by doing 4dx jungle cruise really see you know how the the movies most of them are probably not very good but you know if you were just doing good movies what how could you make jokes about it so i'd like that to be your next uh marathon or at least that's a suggestion uh big fan of the show as always can't wait to be on again and have a good one And, of course, as always, thank you to Ian C. Weber for composing our theme song. Uh, This week, the C, I think legally, has to stand for croissant. (laughs) Follow the link in our show description to check out all of Ian's cool stuff on his new website. Alright. Well then. Uh, yeah, that's that. Thank you again for coming on, Brandon, and tune in next week, where we're going to talk Live Freaky, Die Freaky with another special guest. But for now, for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. 
Oh, and I'm Brandon. And as always, these have been our opinions. And if you didn't agree with them, that's too bad because it's our way. No, no highway. highway. Ah, The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.